0: Welcome to the Written to Speak podcast. It's me, Tanner, and this is our third episode. And I'll be honest, I still have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm having fun with this podcast, and for today's episode, I wanted to try something a little different. For the first two episodes, we had conversations with my friend Gabe and my friend Shelly, and if you missed them, feel free to go back and listen. Uh, They were wonderful conversations, or at least that's what my mom says. Uh, But for this episode today, uh, there isn't going to be a guest on this episode. Instead, it's just me. So, as they say in Texas, bless your heart. But anyways, welcome to the Written to Speak podcast. Let's talk some poetry. Maybe you could tell by the title of this episode, but I'm going to be breaking down a poem, a poem called A Christmas Poem. I know, it's a very creative title. But this is one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast in the first place, was to share not only about my friends, but also about my writings and and what goes into them. While speaking at conferences or sharing poetry in classrooms or coffee shops in churches, I'm always approached and asked great questions about the poems that I had shared. Questions like, hey, what was your favorite line? Or why did you write a poem about this subject? How tall are you? That's questions that are asked by third graders. Anyways, they'll ask other questions like, how long did it take you to write that? Why did you write that? All these wonderful questions. And so for this episode, what I'd like to do is break down a Christmas poem, a poem that I wrote a couple of years ago called A Christmas Poem. So before I break down the poem, I'm going to go ahead and play it for you, and then we'll jump right into it. Long before Mary heard, do not be afraid, and the angels heard on high. Before the three came to see the newborn king, and before John spoke of one greater than he, we were told of his coming. Before that Bethlehem night and the blind were given sight. Before a disciple's deception and his gracious death and glorious resurrection, we waited for the day. By faith, we sat and prayed for the reveal of the one to whom we kneel, a promise written by the prophet's hand long before we could understand the Almighty's infinite plan. Anticipation grew with our groaning, voices stretched louder. We longed for his first hour, and then, one day in a manger surrounded by danger, a holy nativity scene, the incarnation of our king, fulfillment of a promise sent from heaven to earth, a virgin's birth, our cry answered by an infant holy and divine, the promised one had finally arrived. The one who was spoken of was spoken into the world to speak into the world, a world in need of a savior. Before he scorned the cross, he laid in a trough, a plate for a bed. No comfort for a king, royalty without a ring. Christ was born with a price on his head. Here laid God expressed in humble flesh, a man sent to die, a criminal's death, to raise with victorious breath. We waited for his coming, and now he is near. The one who shines light on our darkest fears, the suffering servant came to save, to endure our sin in the darkness of a grave who will strangle the stain of shame clean so we can be free, who will take on the sting of death to give us eternal breath. Christ our King, human and holy, peace on earth, the true Christmas story to Him, Emmanuel. All right, so there you go. That is a Christmas poem. I hope you liked it and that you took something away from the poem. Again, this poem is called A Christmas Poem, and it is exactly that, a poem about Christmas. I wrote this poem a little over two years ago, and uh, to be honest, it only took a couple of hours um, over the course of a couple of days just to to write this poem. Um, Honestly, I spent a lot of time uh, on RhymeZone.com. If you've never been to RhymeZone.com, you're not missing much, but it's a really helpful tool tool if you're writing poetry or trying to find words that that could add to each other or help the poem move a little bit better, and that's, so I spent a little bit of time on RhymeZone, putting these words together, Uh, and that's not usually how I write. Pieces or how I write poems. Usually, I just sit with a blank page or a Google document. But for this one, I was bouncing around the internet trying to grab ideas. And as I wrote, uh, as I wrote this poem, I played Christmas music, which doesn't sound as good in the middle of October. It's great right in December, but not really in October. But I needed to get into the Christmas spirit. And maybe you're like me, and you love Christmas. There is something about this time of year that leads me to a reflective place, a place. Of peace and a place of hope even nostalgia and I can remember putting up our Christmas tree as a family we never purchased a real one because allergies were a real thing in our house but together we would take our time and we would put up the artificial tree it was a slow process but as a family we were able to do it together and in one afternoon we would transform our house into Christmas central but then we would begin to wait We started the countdown to December 25th. Everywhere we looked in our house, we were reminded that Christmas was coming, but that it was not yet. We were waiting, waiting for what was to come. And that's one thing I wanted to capture in this poem, was waiting. And waiting can be a frustrating thing, but it can also be a wonderful help as it allows us time to prepare for what is to come, preparing for who is to come. Waiting in this season of Christmas, it lets us slow down, lean in, and remember the truth of Christmas. The poem begins with this line. Long before Mary heard, do not be afraid, and the angels heard on high. Before the three came to see the newborn king, and before John spoke of one greater than he, we were told of his coming. When I was asked to write this poem, I knew I wanted to write something that spoke about more than the birth of Jesus, but also the story of Jesus, and more than just Jesus, but also the people who were waiting for him to come, waiting for Jesus to arrive. Just, just like people, uh, just like before we were born, there were people who were living lives waiting for us to begin ours. People anticipating our arrival. Grandparents and family members coming together and saying things like, I hope he has your eyes, or I hope she's a lawyer like her mother, or, or some even making bets like, I bet she will be sassy like her aunt, or I bet he'll like ribs. I don't know why I said that. I just didn't know what else to say. Uh, he'll probably like ribs. Uh, but yet this life was happening before us, just like life was moving before Jesus arrived in the flesh, before Jesus arrives. before Jesus arrives, we meet Mary, and it is Mary who is told, "Do not be afraid." Do not be afraid. And I, and I love that. Maybe I love it because, uh, because I need to hear that often. Maybe I need to have those words tattooed on my forearm so that every time I look down, I can remember to, to not be afraid because these are words I always need to hear or, or at least be reminded of. And she hears these four beautiful words from an angel, not from Joseph. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Joseph first told Mary, hey, Mary, do not be afraid. I think that's when Joseph would have been cut out of the Bible. The rest of the story, right? Can you imagine Jesus asking, "Hey, uh, uh, mom, where is where's my earth dad?" And well, he's not with us. Where did he go? I got rid of him. Why? Well, he told me be not afraid while I was pregnant with you. Oh, that makes sense, right? Anyways, uh, because it would have been totally normal to for Mary to be afraid at that time. Mary, a young young woman was about to bring the Son of God into a dangerous world. Her life was going to be flipped upside down because God chose her for this. Not because she asked for this to happen. God chose her. But the angel says what needs to be heard. Be not afraid. A reminder and invitation to not be afraid. And later on in the Bible, we hear Jesus say these same words to to others. But there was much for her to be afraid of, like most days, there is much for us to be afraid of or anxious about, but fear has no place when hope is present, and, and hope was on the way. If you've been following Written to Speak over the last few years, you won't be surprised that I have been slightly obsessed with the word hope. I have a few stickers and poems that highlight the word hope over and over again. The story of Jesus, the life of Jesus, continues to baffle me, in a good way. And it is in his life, it's in his life that echoes and speaks the word hope. It is in his arrival that whispered, hope has arrived. And it is in his resurrection that we hear, hope will forever be. Yet, before Jesus walked the earth, we were told of a hope that would come. And then, when he came, our earth met hope face to face. And now we wait. We wait with the promise of hope and the promise of hope's return, of Jesus' return. And And that's why I wrote this part. The one who was spoken of was spoken into the world to speak into the world, a world in need of a Savior. Before he scorned the cross, he laid in a trough, a plate for a bed, no comfort for a king, royalty without a ring. Christ was born with a price on his head. Here laid God expressed in humble flesh A man sent to die a criminal's death To raise with victorious breath We waited for his coming And now he is near The one who shines light on our darkest fears The suffering servant came to save To endure our sin in the darkness of a grave Who will strangle the stain of shame clean So we can be free Who will take on the sting of death To give us eternal bread I've been asking some of my friends recently what hope means to them or, or how they would define it. And I've gotten some incredible answers and I'll just read for you a few. The first one is hope is is beginning is, is believing in a certain something. Hope is believing in a certain something. Hope is looking forward to a future reality. Hope is a joy and confidence based in the faith of knowing that better things are real and to come. Hope is being able to have certainty in God's promises and constants, regardless of my circumstances. Hope is a reason to push forward. I love that last definition of hope, that hope is a reason to push forward. And some days I have a hard time wanting to push forward, to continue to keep going, and maybe that's why I wrote stickers that say, keep going on them. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph felt this too. And when I write, I write for my friends, and I also tend to write uh, also for myself, honestly, to try to make sense of living. Always when I'm trying to put words together, do I keep in mind what my friends are going through? And the same is, is true with this poem, that Christmas can be a strange time of year, but it invites us to reminisce. Sometimes I wish Christmas was the way that it was when I was a child. Maybe it will be that way again when I have children of my own. I'm not really sure. But it is during this time of year where I begin to see life is no longer like it was. That people have gone on, that families have changed, friends have moved away, maybe secrets and stories have surfaced, or, or the people have changed for better or even for worse. Plus, as I'm getting older, my dad bod is starting to come in, and that's a big time Christmas bummer. Yet, for all that has changed, there is this great comfort in the story of, of Jesus' birth, a story that doesn't change. The story of Jesus just doesn't change. And so I wanted this poem to sound familiar, words that would bring comfort and a reminder of the beauty of Christmas, that so much has changed in our lives, but the story doesn't because there is so much beauty found within this season of Christmas. And it's no surprise to say that some things, just, some things just don't make sense. And it's true, right? Some things just don't make sense to us. The story, the arrival of Jesus may trip you up, but it also might invite you to see the mystery and within all of the familiarity of this poem, there is still a beautiful mystery. After all, it's hard to remove the mystery from Christmas. Like if we are to sit and think about the story of Christmas, the story of Jesus coming to earth, we cannot deny that, that it, is, it is wild, but it is, also, it is also beautiful. The arrival of Jesus mirrors the beauty of Jesus. There's humility, there's there's peace in the chaos, light in the darkness, hope and the wondering, and an answer within the mystery, and yet we are still left with the mystery. And I love the mystery of God. And for a long time, I've tried to crack the mystery and figure out, okay, who exactly is God or, or the depth of who Jesus is and, and the work of the Holy Spirit. But in the last few months, I've stopped trying to wrestle with the mystery of God and have started to embrace it. I've started to enjoy not knowing and I've started to enjoy the mystery of what it is that I do not know because maybe just maybe I just don't need to know everything. Maybe that's what it means trust or believe or have faith, that we don't need to throw the mystery away, but we can embrace the mystery to embrace the mystery, embrace the mystery while living out the mystery. I think one of the things hope does and one of the many things Jesus does is invite us to simply trust, be not afraid, to not be afraid to step into the mystery and trust. And, and we know that's not an easy thing because, again, life is heavy and hard, and life is full of seasons, and sometimes those seasons, like Christmas, expect something from us, like right now we're supposed to be joyful and happy and not like the Grinch, but that's not always the case. The case, But I, but I think the invitation to trust is still outstretched to us, and this mystery invites us to kneel, to fall down on our knees and worship the arrival of the King. I closed the poem with this. Christ our King. Human and holy, peace on earth, the true Christmas story to him, Emmanuel, be the glory. I'll be honest, Uh, those aren't the most poetic lines that I've ever written. And, And honestly, that was my intent. I wanted to strip down the words to the simple truth that Christ is king. He is human, but he is also holy. He's also God. He is our peace on earth, and that's that is the true Christmas story. And as cheesy as that may sound, that's, well, that's what I believe. And He, Emmanuel God, with us, He's the one who's to receive the glory. Every day I see more and more clearly that this life isn't about me, but this life is for the King. It's for Jesus. But there is so much creativity in the arrival of Jesus. It's almost as if God the Father is like, just watch. Would you just watch what we do? Here's what I, here I'm going to do. My son will be born to a virgin. And you can just hear the world groan and say, what, how, why, what, huh? Hmm? And then God is like, exactly. There's creativity in this. That this is my son, that this is the king, and he will be born in a manger. Nothing fancy, nothing special, simple, humble, and dirty. Let him be born in a shelter. Lay him in a trough, because one day the world will feed on his body and his blood. And from the very beginning, may he be in danger. And then let's, Jesus, let's watch Jesus defy all odds. Let me show you the king that you've been waiting for. Let me show you what love really looks like. Let me show you what hope looks like. And the story, this story, the true Christmas story, this is about Jesus. And Jesus, as we know it, he is for us. He is for us. So that is a Christmas poem uh, broken down and uh, apparently a little bit of a message I got carried away there for a minute, but that's right. Um, anyways, thank you for, for joining me for another episode of the Written to Speak podcast. Uh, now, we did shoot a video for this poem. Two of my very best friends, Justin and Adam Fricky, two guys that I hope to have on the podcast in the future. They're very talented photographers and videographers, and they helped make this video come to life. We filmed it while we were in, I think it was a national park in Vermont. Anyways, uh, they did a great job with the video. It's somewhere on the internet. You can find it on my YouTube channel, on Facebook, or on written Uh, But keep an eye out for my next episode with one of my very best friends. He was a groomsman in my wedding. His name is Trevor Kunze, or as I know him, DB. It is one of the most fun conversations I have had in a long time, and I can't wait for you to hear it. If you don't know who Trevor is, after this conversation, you will know who Trevor is and your life will be better for it. Uh, but again, thank you for listening to Written to Speak. Uh, uh, thanks for listening to Written to Speak on Spotify. And really, wherever you get your music, every time that you play or share something that I, I write with a friend or buy something, uh, it allows me to continue to do what I love to do. And and every time an order comes in or or somebody shares something that I've written, it is, uh, it's amazing. And, and I cannot say thank you can't say thank you enough. So thank you for, for allowing me to, 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 I guess, to do this life with you, um, and and thank you for, for all of your encouragement and your kindness. I'm looking forward to 2019. We have a lot of things in store. Um, we have a book coming out, uh, we have some more poems that have been recorded and we're waiting to get those um, up and loaded for you to hear. Um, and if you're looking for someone to come share at your church or a conference or, or whatever you have going on, uh, please keep me in mind. i love to come hang out with you and share some some poems and some hope with you all. Um, so please, you can, get, you can get in contact with me at written To speakcom dot com or just shoot me a message. So with that, uh, thank you again for joining me. Have a Merry Christmas. I'll be back with a new episode in the new year. And as always, we are glad. We're glad that you were here. Merry Christmas.